0: It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh, so let's talk hockey here on the X. The Penguins host Carolina tonight at BPG Paints Arena, and I am right across the street at Buford's Fifth Avenue. Please do stop by, have some gumbo. The Penguins are looking for two wins in a row, which would usually be no big deal, but now it would seem like a godsend. This is the Mark Madden Show you like it, you love it, you want more of it, 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMadX. Let's open up by talking about the third-line center spot, which has been a constant point of discussion since Nick Benino and Matt Cullen left Our Fair City. It still seems to be a hole, but I have told the Penguins are perfectly comfortable with Riley Shane at third line center. Shebang, as he's called. I'm told to coach Mike Sullivan, like Sheehan's offensive skills, and is just waiting for his performance in games to catch up to what he's showing them in practice. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I do see Sully's point. Sheehan has 13 points in 32 games as a Penguin. Not great, but consider Nick Bonino had just nine points in his first 50 games as a Penguin. And according to Jesse Marshall of TheAthletic.com, Sheyenne's metrics with the Penguins can fare very favorably to Bonino's metrics with the Penguins. You know what would make me feel better about Sheyenne as third-line center? a better fourth-line center, like the often-mooted return of Matt Collin. Because I would love Shane as the fourth-line center, which right now, with Ronnie Hurt, that's what Sheyenne is, the fourth-line center. However, temporarily, Jake Gensel is the third-line center. Daniel Sprong will be playing on his right wing tonight if the game day skate is an accurate barometer. I expect Gensel at center is temporary, temporary. Or maybe not. Maybe that's how you get strong in the lineup for keeps. Make Gensel your third line center. Then again, where's that leaf Sid? Because even though Gensel hasn't played a lot with Sid lately, I feel like that is the best wing center combination the Penguins have. Well, Malkin to Kessel certainly. And then Gensel and sit. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Your thoughts on the Penguins' center position? We talked about it the minute Benito and Cohen left, and we've been talking about it nonstop ever since. I don't think, and boy, are you going to bitch when this comes true, I don't think the Penguins are going to make a big trade. A couple of small trades, maybe, but not a big trade. Cole could still get traded, although I don't think they should. Sherry could get traded. I would say maybe Gensel, but Gensel still so cheap. Makes almost nothing. But he's small, and this year, Gensel is playing smaller than he did last year, maybe because the grind has worn him down. Your thoughts on anything Penguins-related? Please do call 412-333-9939. We got Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer, at 315. We got Josh Owey of TheAthletic.com at 415. So it's going to be the best hockey talk in town, like always, here on the home of the Penguins, 1059X. Uh, the Steelers still don't play for 10 more days. It seems like an eternity especially with two lame-ass wild-card games in the AFC. I hope Antonio Brown's 100% for the division playoff game. People not talking about that maybe as much as we should be. Brown's catching passes, but that injury looked bad. And for the Steelers' offense to function like you want, you need all hands on deck. You need all those threats to carve up the attention Of the defense. It looks like the Steelers' O line will all be close to 100%. Well, I I guess Poncey's banged up. That's the worst thing about football this time of year. It is such a war of attrition. Anyway, those wild card games. We'll do the football picks tomorrow, but uh, ain't going to be no upsets. Jacksonville over Buffalo and Kansas City over Tennessee. And that's exactly what I want. Exactly what all of you should want. Let's give paper, rock, scissors a chance. To reiterate, New England beats Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh beats Kansas City. Kansas City beats New England. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I really want Sid to get a goal tonight. Uh, Sid beats himself up a lot when things aren't going terrific. And right now... I'm sure that's the case. But you know Sid's going to come good. One night, soon, maybe tonight, Sid gets a couple goals. And then he starts rolling, gets like 14 points in 10 games. Sid is very much a creature of habit. As you'd expect from someone who obsessively stick handles around the McDonald's logo uh, on the ice during warm-up. And good and bad are habits. Uh, Don't worry about Sid. Sid will kick into gear, and that'll be why Pittsburgh makes the playoffs. But I hasten to give Evgeny Malkin credit. Gino hasn't been explosive, and maybe the Penguins need that some nights. But Gino has been very consistent. Night in and night out, Gino produces. Same with Phil. Uh, Before Sid retires, I wanted to come on the show and go into detail about all his superstitions and rituals. List and talk about every single one. I'd feel like Dr. Freud by the end of that conversation. You know, I've been very lucky to know both Sidney Crosby and the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and each is as nuts as the other in his own way. Four one two three three three. Ninety nine, thirty nine. A couple items I'll address more at length later. Massachusetts has been shut down by a blizzard. Schools are closed. Services are limited. But Bill Belichick told the Patriots that better not be late for practice or meetings or he'll just turn around and send you right home. Sounds ridiculous, right? Maybe it's not. I'll talk about that a bit later. And you'll remember earlier this week we talked about Central Florida which beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl and uh, finished the season 13-0. Not a Power 5 team, but obviously a very good team. And Auburn, of course, beat both participants in the national championship game, Alabama and Georgia, which is why I hate that Alabama is in that game. It's a do-over. You shouldn't be able to win the national championship if you didn't win your conference, let alone not even playing your conference championship game. You shouldn't be able to win the national championship as the result of a do-over. But anyway, Central Florida declared itself national champion. I think it was yesterday. Uh, Paid their coaches their national championship bonus. I'm not paying coaches millions of dollars for something they didn't do, but, but it's not my money, okay. But there's like a war breaking out among the college football media because Central Florida declared itself the national champion. Uh, guys like Paul Feinbaum are are having conniptions, just, you know, urinating all over it. Paul Feinbaum said, I swear to God, he's on TV, he's almost crying. And he says, all they did was win the Peach Bowl. You see Paul Feinbaum, he's all bald spot, uh, Buddy Holly glasses and big ears. It was an amazing thing to see and hear. And then you got guys like Stu from the Levitard show, saying that Florida really is the national champ, and that's that. We'll talk about that later, but uh, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle, and both those guys are kind of sounded like stooges. Uh, we've been talking, getting back to hockey. But by the way, the lines tonight for the Penguins, one line is Hornquist at left wing with Malkin and Kessel, that doesn't work. Horny can't take the puck off the boards coming up the rink. He's not a left wing. He knows it. Sully should know it. You know, we talk about who the Penguins should trade. You know who the Penguins might want to think about trade is um, Brian Rust, who's a right wing, or Connor Sheary if you consider him primarily a right wing. Because I think the Penguins have three guys that can play right wing and right wing only. And those are... Phil Kessel, Patrick Hornquist, and Daniel Sprock. Then your fourth-line right wing's Ryan Reeves. So, uh, you, you know, I know they like Russ, but Russ isn't playing well, which might limit his return right now, but I still think that uh, that Hornquist is a right wing, period. And I think Hornquist thinks that, too. Anyway, earlier this week we talked about Las Vegas, uh, and they're doing great in their inaugural season. It, it's one of the best sports stories in recent memory in any sport – And I think more people would be talking about it on a national sports level, except it's hockey, the sixth sport out of the four major ones, and because people can't believe what they're seeing. They have a lot of guys who are pending free agents. And when you're an expansion team, you should be trading those guys by the deadline to build for the future. I'm not sure how you do that given where they're at in the standings, though, and given the fact that a brand-new hockey fan base just wouldn't understand that. So what it looks like they're going to do is sign some of their pending free agents now to contract extensions. And uh, to, uh, yesterday, or was it today, they signed Jonathan Marcheseau, the winger. $30 million for six years. Now Marcheseau's having a very good year. He scored 30 goals last year. But just the year before that, in 2015-16, he was bouncing back and forth between the National and American Leagues. Between the majors... And the minors. I get it. Mark Gissot's doing great. They're doing great. He's twenty seven. He should be entering his peak years. But then again, not too long ago, like I said, in the minors. It is a risk, but Vegas gotta do what they gotta do. They gotta keep this going. I mean, there's no template for this because an expansion team has never performed like this before. I'm Mark Madden. I am live at Buford's 5th Avenue, you got to come in, and I keep telling people, you got to try the gumbo. It's like being in New Orleans. It's unbelievable. Best gumbo I've had in Pittsburgh for sure. So stop by, and up next, it's a special treat. It's Hockey Talk with the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the Best Hockey Talk on 105.9 DX. It's a Hockey Night in Pittsburgh. Joining me now, he is the voice of Penguins hockey. He is the Hall of Famer. We welcome Mike Lang. Uh, Mike, necessity has dictated a few lineup changes. First off, Jake Gensel at center, and he plays with Daniel Sprong. I'm interested to see how those two work together.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, I don't think they spent too much time together last year when uh, Sprong was uh, with the baby pins, but it could be... Uh... Could be of interest. You got two speedsters, guys that can move. And so uh, it'll be uh, of interest to see. Maybe they can get Carl Haglund going, too, to maybe fill the net and, uh, and help the cause. He's going to play left wing on that line. So it could be a, an interesting night. Gensel's a center by trade. I mean, that's where he was uh, born and raised and uh, brought up through the ranks. So, uh, you know, give him an opportunity. And I think he's, you know, probably it's an adjustment, I think, maybe to play on the defensive end of it for him uh, in the NHL more so than, uh, cause he's been playing with some pretty good people, you know, when he's played up front that have, have been able to handle some of that duty, but, uh, it's a, it's an eye opener and he's a young kid and I think he'll do pretty well.
0: I think so too. And I'm encouraged by what we see from Daniel Sprong too, Mike. It's only been a couple games, which is a small sample. And not only has he gotten his share of shots, if he's been bad in his own end, I certainly haven't noticed.
1: Well, uh, he hasn't seen a whole lot of ice time. I mean, uh, uh, comparable he's a guy that's gonna shoot the puck a lot, there's no question about that. But he has a shot that's really gonna be demanding, I think, on goaltenders. Uh that's awfully difficult to stop and I think once he gets it going, uh he'll he'll be a big asset for this hockey club. He's a natural no natural born scorer. I mean I don't think there's any other way to describe him on what he can do. Uh he's he's very quick. He's uh you know adaptable to how he has to play the game. I think he's a great passer too uh he just has got the the gains and the experience really to kind of you know make it as a full-fledged player at least on this level and that's why I think wilkes barre was really good for him and he went down there and he's done a good job so he's going to give him an uh, an opportunity here to see what he can do on a regular basis uh, for a while and uh, we'll we'll see where the cards fall but I I do think he's going to be an NHLer for a long long time
0: uh, the bottom six got a couple goals in Philadelphia, Mike. That does an awful lot for a struggling hockey team on a lot of levels, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does, especially in the room. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think the one thing that's been missing again from the Penguins, and it did at times last year, is just what I call their rhythm. They just haven't had the rhythm uh, that they can get into. when they, And it, it comes from the four-line approach. And when they've got that four-line approach going and guys turning over and working in smooth fashion, that's when they're at their very best. I mean, nobody's kidding anybody. It is for most teams in the NHL, and when they can, if they can do that and afford themselves a chance to 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 keep the keep the ball rolling, really, that's all you can say. Is it? It gives them the best opportunity, I think, to win hockey games, and uh, you know. So, you know, if if they can if they can make that make that happen, and I think Riley Shahan certainly is going to be a a, a part of it, then they're hoping that uh, the, the third line now will be able to, to to kind of spring it free for them, but. Uh, you know the other teams are, are aware of it, and uh, they're playing on a lot of a lot of hockey against the Penguins the same way the Penguins have played against other teams. What's
0: your take on Ryan Reeves? Uh, I think he's been exactly as advertised, Mike. I'm well pleased with him.
1: Well, I, you know, I don't know if anybody really wants any more. I mean, I, I mean, we'd all love to have him score ten to fifteen goals, and quite frankly, uh, he he very well may do that before the year is all done. Uh, he's capable. I mean, I think he's a better. He's a more complete hockey player than people even dream of giving him a chance to, uh, to, to show. Uh, the one thing he is, he's a big deter- deterrent. And uh, the, the biggest problem the Penguins have had this year, they, uh, we we're talking about the four line approach and being able to work it. They've been behind in so many games, Mark, that they haven't, they've had to try and catch up. And, uh, you know, I mean, Reeves wouldn't be a guy that you call down and, you know, and say, you know, you're the natural born goal scorer uh, that others have been on this team. And and so you don't get as much ice time, and you do it takes you out of that rhythm. Uh, that's another thing. The Penguins are going to have to be much better at. They've got to clean up uh, the penalty situation. They can't take as many, uh, you know, penalties and have short, be shorthanded because it it really fragments their, their their approach to the game. So they've got to be as aware as possible to not take uh, any needless penalties if they can uh, against teams. It's important to them.
0: Now you mentioned Riley Shane a few moments ago. And I think he's been terrific lately.
1: What do you like about him as a player? He's just a good all-around hockey player. I mean, uh, that's what you would you would look for. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's decent as a center iceman. I think he's a pretty good passer. Uh, size is certainly no problem at all for him in that regard. I, I'm a little surprised they haven't used him really more in the second power play unit. But you know, the other hand is that uh, he's been a pretty good penalty killer for the Penguins. So you kind of saw it off. Uh, it's it's tough to play guys on both, uh, you know, to use up their minutes and and work with it. But uh, you know, he, he I think could give him a lift at times, maybe on that second unit, uh, just being in front of the net, and that's where he's he's been strong before, when he played with Detroit, uh, and working. But you know, he's getting stronger, and I think more more confidence day by day, and uh, if he can get his game back. He gives the Penguins a, a solid third-line third, a third line center. He does. He, he gives them that opportunity, the third- and fourth-line guy, to to be a big part of the hockey club.
0: We're talking to Mike Klang, the voice of the Penguins, the Hall of Famer, is brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, Mike, Klang and Schultz are back in the lineup, and, and that's great news. And that really helps the forwards as much as it does anybody, correct?
1: Yeah, I think it does. I, I, I think that uh, it gives you two righties back in the lineup, but probably most importantly, you know, guys that can move from that right side. You don't know if you're fragmenting your whole defensive core when you have all lefties, uh, you know, in there. So that's the first and foremost thing to me uh, is to have them, and you've got Matang, and you can spot Matang a little better now uh, from the standpoint of using him more maybe on the penalty kill than maybe you would have, and, you know, having to use him on the power play too. Just what I talked about earlier was his minutes just get gargantuan up there when he plays on both and, and has to be the sole guy, but Schultz gives him that, that valve uh, to kind of, you know, let some steam off and be able to come in and serve some time and, and play on that unit too. And it kind of helps, I think, the overall uh, defensive core as far as their uh, approach to the game, because they all know their roles. They've been around this team for a few years now, so they know how it works when it's going well. And I think if you can get that uh, back in sync, uh, and that's been another, you know, I mean, that's been out of sync too with the with the rhythm I've talked about. I think if you can do that, you're going to have a much better team.
0: Uh, We look at the standings every day, Mike, and the Penguins certainly uh, need to move a little higher up the ladder. what amazes me, though, is the parity of the competition. Uh, You rarely can say that every team in a division looks like they could legitimately be a playoff-caliber team, but I can say that with all honesty about the Metro. What do you think?
1: Well, I I, I think, why wouldn't I expect that or... Or, uh, or, or agree with you. I mean, it's uh, just there. The numbers are there. Uh, they're all pretty good teams, and the Capitals are a better team this year uh, than even I thought they would be. Uh, you know, but it's it's a long year. We're just at the halfway point now. The Penguins last year had won 26 games. I uh, had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 56 points last year at this point of the season, and I don't want to say walked in, but uh, they could had a, a little bit of a cushion to be able to do it this year is not the same and it's not for a lot of teams i mean if you think that, that even washington is comfortable right now that they're going to get in the playoffs i'm telling you right now there there's hesitation because they know uh... the competition and the penguins have a ton of games a ton of games against a lot of these teams uh... in the metro so if they're going to make up time and tonight is a big example of it, it's a four-point game i know it sounds really stupid but it is so big because if you can win this game you know, you're picking up two, and uh, Carolina ends up with nothing. And uh, and those division games are very important to try and either make the top three or be, put yourself in a position to be a, a wild-card team.
0: Phil Kessel got a goal in Philly, and it was a, a typical Kessel goal, and I mean that uh, in a very complimentary way. Have you ever seen anybody shoot the puck quite like Kessel, Mike, off the wrong foot with that real whippy stick? It's unique, isn't it?
1: Well, he's uh, he's... He... He's got so much power. I mean, that's the thing, and how he develops it and and works with it. I don't. I'm not exactly sure, but yes, I've seen people shoot the puck like that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think quite on on total on the rush. Tiki Floor would be a little bit more. They they shoot so much more now with the, with the snapshots and the wrist shot mark because of the damn sticks. You know, I mean they <laughs> they bend from here to Fifth Avenue when you get a shot away. I mean, it's like so. It is a different animal now as far as how they approach the game, but. Yeah, I've seen guys come off the wing and shoot the puck and score, uh, you know, very similar, if not even more, pinpoint than, than Kessel has in his career. But when he can just get that un, un, incredible strength through his arms and wrist to let that puck go and then have English on it, uh, it makes it tough for the goaltenders. It must be awfully tough for them to pick it up because uh, you just see them react just a quarter second uh, late sometimes as to where the puck is going.
0: Who's the best pure shooter of the puck you've seen? My top two or three, maybe it's a it's a cliched question, but boy, uh, you've seen a lot of them.
1: You know, Mario was the best. I've ever <laughs> okay, seen. Yeah. that's
0: why I said two or three because yeah. yeah. we both knew who number one was.
1: Yeah, you know it's, it's kind of uh, you, there's a lot of factors involved there, uh, Mark. And one is you don't have to be the greatest shooter in the world; you just have to have the brains to be in a position to get there. I mean, how can you deny Phil Esposito and what he did? Seriously. I mean, at times, I and mean, he was the best uh, puck deflector of anybody I've ever seen. I mean, he'd get a stick on anything uh, around that net. And so, you know, I mean, it's all relevant as to how they score their goals and what they do. But pure goal scorers, Mario's the purest goal scorer. He could score every which way you would, you would dream of, and he would read the goaltender before the goaltender even had a chance to react. And he'd know it's almost exactly what he was going to do, and he just made it look so easy, so smooth. Uh, that it was really just beautiful to watch, particularly, particularly on the replays, because you can see him coming down, and he just looks once, and he sees, and he feels what that goaltender is going to do, and uh, I, almost without hesitation, he he beats him like a runned mule. I mean, he's that he was that good a goal scorer.
0: Uh, getting back to Kessel for just one second, Mike, uh, uh, he's been very good since he set foot in Pittsburgh, but has this year perhaps been his most consistent year?
1: Oh, I think it's been his best year by far, uh, in all aspects of the game, Mark. I, I uh, w- uh, the old two niner and myself have just marveled, uh, at how strong he has been at both ends of the ice. What he has done, his puck retrieval, his strength and his endurance is, is much, much better this year than I've ever seen it before. Yeah, he's having a, a big time all star year, uh, for the Penguins. He's been a complete player for them. Um, from start until this point and uh, probably the entire year. And he plays every single night. I mean, that's a remarkable thing in itself. Uh, you don't see him out of the lineup. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive, really, what he's done. And uh, I think even the, the purest uh, Kessel uh, haters out there have to take a step back from a hockey standpoint and just say, boy, this guy is everything that they talked about when he was drafted, uh, you know, back in the – 2005 uh, or 2006 when he was drafted and what he can do because uh, he, he does uh, you know bring it to the table night in and night out.
0: Finally, Mike Caroline in town. It's always good to see Jordan Stahl, isn't it? Uh, I'll never forget, and I'm, I know you won't either, how much he meant to the O nine 9 Cup team and really all the years he played
1: here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no question. I mean, he was, a you know, the, the, the cap and, and things involved and uh, having to move people. And it'll happen to other players here before it's all done. It's just the the nature of the beast now. But, uh, you know, Jordan just contributed so much uh, to the Penguins. And, you know, I mean, just talk about balance and what they had, uh, you know, going into those couple of years that they uh, went for the Cup once and lost it and then won it the next year. But he just he brought so much. I mean, he just he made it so much more difficult for other teams to have to defend uh, against the Penguins. And they had to defend because it was a great checking line and a line that could shut you down. But it also could contribute offensively, and you know it made it a lot easier for the guys up above uh, to be able to be successful. And uh, they don't forget it. And uh, you know he, he's had a good career there. He's he's become one of the better face-off men in the National Hockey League. He's their leader, uh, you know, at this point. And Carolinas, uh, you know, don't look now, but this is a pretty good hockey club. This is a team that's coming. They've got a lot of young kids, and they've got uh, some pretty good kids in their farm system too. Uh, Ronnie Francis and crew have done a pretty good job there, and uh, Jimmy Rutherford had a lot to do with some of these guys you're going to see tonight. He was the guy that drafted a lot of these players that are playing for the for uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, so he should get a little credit on it too because uh, you know he was a big part of of what we're seeing here. But it looks like the future is pretty bright for Carolina.
0: Mikey, is always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time, and uh, Happy New Year. Always a pleasure to talk to the Hall of Famer.
1: All right, Marco. Happy New Year to you and all the listeners. We'll talk to you later.
0: <laughs> That's Mike Lang, the voice of Pittsburgh hockey, the Hall of Famer brought to you by Coors Light. Enjoy $3 Coors Light drafts during Penns games and all day at Rockefeller Sports Grill in Sarver. I'm Mark Mann. We've got more hockey talk next hour with Josh Joey. You're listening to 105.90X now, the super genius, Mark Madden. So, um, what's happening? He's a little guy. What? I love you got the balls to say what you want to say. Very good point. VX at 105.9. A big day down here at Buford's Fifth Avenue. Not only the best gumbo in town, but judicial shark, my lawyer, Manning J. O'Connor, stopping down. So, uh, something happened. I think he's going to sue Buford's. But uh, I'm not sure exactly. No, no, of course he's not. But good to see uh, Manning J. in the house. Uh. A couple Steeler notes, and I definitely want to talk hockey. We got Jeremy. Jeremy, stay on hold for like 90 seconds here. A couple Steeler notes. Juju Smith-Schuster, I guess he worked the shift at Once again, walking that tightrope between cutesy and obnoxious. Still cutesy. Don't worry, Juju. Still cutesy in my book. And uh, Le'Veon Bell with an interesting quote. what Bell said, The Steelers have no excuses. That's correct. And I'm glad Le'Veon Bell said that because if you own that, you're in the right place mentally. The Steelers don't have any excuses if they don't win the Super Bowl. They're good enough to win the Super Bowl. Maybe a better team will beat them, and that team might be New England again. But Le'Veon Bell said the Steelers have no excuses, and they don't. If they... Fail to win the Super Bowl, it won't be because they're not good enough, because they most decidedly are. Uh, Arizona Cardinals going to come into town this weekend to interview Mike Munchak, uh, the Steelers offensive line coach, pro football Hall of Famer. The Cardinals would like to consider him for their head coaching position. I heard that uh, they were also interested in Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, but I think his uh, head coaching dreams died on the sidewalk at Tequila Cowboy on New Year's Eve. Seriously, the guy gets in a public altercation that involves his wife, breaks his hip, getting tackled by cops on the sidewalk in front of a night spot. Sorry, I'm not hiring that guy as my head coach, especially when he can't get along with the star quarterback and didn't cover himself in glory in his prior head coaching tenure uh, in Kansas City. But getting back to Munchak, who who I think is probably the best offensive line coach, the the way people talk, that that has come down the pike in in Pittsburgh and in the league. But I would question, and I bet Arizona does, if an offensive line coach would have the X's and O's acumen that an ex-quarterback would or an ex-cornerback would, Uh, you know, a skill position guy. Uh, I'm not putting Munchak down. Maybe he's the exception to the rule. But let's not forget he was head coach in Tennessee prior, and he didn't exactly cover himself in glory there. An example is Russ Grimm, who, uh, no matter what anybody says, was offered the job when Pittsburgh replaced Cowher, but they double-clutched and gave it to Mike Tomlin instead. And certainly all's well that has gone well ever since. No complaints by me. But Russ Grimm was an offensive lineman, an offensive line coach. And if memory is correct, he's never been a head coach in the league, despite everybody thinking he would get that opportunity uh, at some point. An offensive lineman, an offensive line coach as a head coach? Uh, I, I don't see it. There are exceptions. I think Munchak could well be one, and I wish him the best of luck in his interview and moving forward. But I don't see it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Brian Dumoulin tonight, uh, he's in concussion protocol. Uh, it's said to not be severe. And here's hoping because they need Dumo. Uh You know, I have often wondered what concussion protocol is like. It really does sound relaxing, doesn't it? Now, I it's like the hospital. No one wants to be in the hospital cuz you might die. And people do all the time. You're sick, you feel terrible. But let's say you have something that doesn't make you feel that terrible. Every time you ring the bell, they bring you a drink. You get to watch TV and or sleep as much as you want. Again, this concussion protocol, it does sound relaxing. Let's go to Jeremy. Thank you for holding on, Jeremy. You're on the Mark Madden Show. Happy New Year, Mr. Madden.
2: And to you, Jeremy. Wishing you continued health and success in the year of our Lord 2018.
0: Yeah, good hey, up uh, with that.
2: <laughs> looking at the uh, morning skate lines, my eyes instantly gravitated to that third line with Gensel and Sprong together. I, I like that. It sucks that they're stuck with the third wheel of Hagelin on that line, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um,
0: well, not, not, not to be fair, though, Jeremy, Hagee uh, will lend an element of speed to a line that's already pretty fast. It, it's probably as good a bet as they have. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think with Gensel not doing quite as much this year as last year on wing, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. Gensel can solve the third-line center problem for the long run, and, mm-hmm. well, for the long run being the rest of this year, and Sprung can, can jump you know, and score some goals on the wing – that's a move you can make without sacrificing anybody from your current roster. So I like the notion of trying that, to be sure.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Well, and it falls in line with uh, Coach Sullivan's notion of pairs. You got Gensel and Sprong. He obviously likes Malkin and Kessel, which leads me to the top line. You know, he seems to put Crosby and Sherry together all the time. That seems to be his pair for that. So I'm trying to well, figure the out why. Used the, to be,
0: the pair used to be Crosby and Gensel, but go ahead. That's
2: true. I'm just trying to figure out why in the heck he would... uh, I mean, he has a viable option for keeping Hornquist on the right wing. You could put Sherry, Crosby, and Hornquist together. That's what I
0: would do. Uh, I would not have Malkin, Kessel, and Hornquist with Hornquist at left wing because Hornquist can't play left wing. And And that's not a knock on him. Frankly, that's a knock on Sully for putting him there. Then again, Sid's not crazy about playing with Hornquist. Then again, Sid, Hornquist, and Simon, or Sherry... Makes a lot more sense for me. And then you put Simon or Shiri on the Malkin at Kessel line. Couldn't
2: agree more. But there, there is a lot of ins and outs. It's complicated.
0: <laughs> Thank you for the call, Jeremy. And I'm not putting uh, Mike Sullivan on blast. God, no. I just, you know, put it this way. I worked with Herb Brooks, who was my friend. I worked briefly and peripherally with Badger and Scotty. EJ, one of the greatest hockey minds ever. Kevin Constantine, who was a savant. Uh, Of course, Dan Bosman, who thought he was a savant. And uh, some coaches were better than others. But I've never agreed 100% with every decision any of those coaches made. None of them were perfect, not even Herb. Although Herb was closer than everybody else. Uh, we got the Hebrew Hammer on hold, but we got to take a break. I am live. Hopefully he'll hold on. I am live at Buford's Fifth Avenue. I'm going to talk about, uh, I saw the movie Broken Arrow with Travolta and Christian Slater. And there's some life lessons hidden in the movie Broken Arrow. We'll talk about that in a moment here on 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey,
3: Double S, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself?
0: I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. The X at 105.9. Penguin fans, how do you feel about Jake Gensler at center? He's going to play there tonight on the third line with Sprong and Haglin. If Sprong starts scoring goals, I'd consider leaving Gensler there, period. Even when Ronnie comes back from injury, he's supposed to be out about a month, I guess. Uh, if that would solve the third line center problem, and it would give you a real strong fourth line center on Riley Shane. I would be all for doing that. What's your thoughts? 412-333-WXDX. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. I was watching Broken Arrow, that Travolta movie. Uh, The whole country was at risk of nuclear Armageddon because Travolta and Howie Long stole a a couple nuclear warheads. And two of the generals on the case for the U.S. government are Red Foreman from that 70s show and Chief Grady from Super Troopers. Didn't give me a lot of confidence that would survive the breach, although, heck, maybe it's no different now with Trump as president. By the way, there's an article in Rolling Stone. Here's the headline. I didn't read the article. Here's the headline. Alyssa Milano was holding Trump accountable. Well, thank God. A B list actress is on the case holding the president accountable. Heck, we got nothing to worry about. Tonight is 70s night at the Pens game. They should have invited the crew from that 70s show. A A promotion like that is generally just an excuse to make Potash dress up like an idiot. I feel like I should be watching the game in the foreman's basement. Let's go to our good friend on the parkway. He is the Hebrew Hammer. Hammer, Yakshamash.
3: Yakshamash, uh, thanks for uh, calling me. Hey, uh... What? I would, uh... I would have, have no problem hiring one Munchak. And the reason is, is because... You look at a guy like Tomlin, and, uh... He just he surrounded himself with good coordinators. So I don't know if it's the head coach's job to actually to be an an expert in any of
0: those uh, areas. That's actually a real good point, Hammer. And and I'll go back in time for an example. Uh, You you might remember Art Schell, who was a real good lineman, was the coach of the Raiders when they were real good. Remember him? Yes. By all accounts, he was a figurehead and they just assembled a great staff around him and it worked. Uh, He provided leadership and, and maybe that's all sometimes the head coach needs to do.
3: Well, I agree. I think if he can manage personalities, he can manage uh, the, the coaching staff. I think it could work well. And again, I mean, Tomlin uh, himself is not a—he was never a quarterback. I think he was a, a defensive coach at some point. Well, I thought he was guy. a
0: wide receiver at William and Mary. Uh, a bigger question is—you uh, sound like you're speaking through either a megaphone or a voice harmonizer. Which is it?
3: Uh. Yeah, that's a
0: a voice harmonizer. Uh, If you could just okay, is that better? No, no, it sounds great. I was going to say it it, it had like a nice (laughs) uh, the background of Zeppelin no quarter. It was a nice background. It it sounded like we were doing something experimental, which obviously every time I pick up the phone with you on that end, we are.
3: You know what? That is a good point. Uh, I like that we're edgy here, and I think the four o'clock hour is meant to be be exactly that way. Back to uh, my point here with uh, Munchak, though. Munchak was an offensive lineman. Don't you always hear how smart those guys were? I mean, he worked at NORAD I, I, and. I, 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 I've
0: know. heard how dumb a lot of them are, too, but then again, ain't none of them were on the sidewalk with a broken hip in front of Tequila Cowboy on New Year's Eve. That's your cue. Hey, uh, thanks for calling. And uh, did you know that Munchak's a species of deer? Call you tomorrow. Yakshimach. Yeah, turn up that piano. Up next. Not maybe not that much. Uh, up next. Uh you gotta hear what the stuff Belichick is demanding of his players as New England is experiencing a blizzard. 1059.